So welcome to the Hermit's Lamp podcast, first one of 2016. This year I'm going to be stepping out a little further afield from the tarot community into broader spiritual, uh, magical, and other kinds of uh, conversations, which is mirroring my own personal journey and the the work that I'm doing. I've recently um, shaken everything up and uh, extended and explained more about the various services I've offered and so on. So if any of those things catch your interest, uh, you know, swing by thehermitslamp.com and check them out. Today I am talking to uh, Harold Roth, who is an alchemist, a grower of plants, and a practicer of magic, amongst many other things. Check it out. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation in this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices, into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. Or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes, or catch it on Stitcher Radio or other services along those lines on your smartphones, or wherever you like. If you are looking to learn tarot, and you're looking to study from wherever you are in the world, please go to our events page on The Hermit's Lamp website and check out all the courses that we have both uh, upcoming live events and previously recorded streaming videos and and other great things it is a collection of amazing teachers from around the world and each uh, course is a grouping uh, for the most part of five different teachers really focusing and digging in onto one topic uh, Marseille style tarot reading Coming at the end of January 2016, a wonderful course on tarot and psychological approaches to reading. So welcome to the next installment of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. I'm here with Harold Roth today. And uh, Harold is, uh, I know him from his online store, Alchemy Works, where I have uh, bought all sorts of uh, wonderful herbs and incenses and stuff, especially back when I was more ceremonially inclined. And I'm like, aloes wood, where am I going to get aloes wood from? And <laughs> lo and behold, Harold was the guy. So, um, yeah, but, uh, and, and sort of a little more specifically, um, I saw a pod, uh, uh, post that Harold had done talking about magic and, um, sort of how we define ourselves around magic which is a conversation that I've been wanting to have with somebody for a while. So I, was, so I just reached out to Harold and, and invited him to come and have this conversation here. But, um, you know, obviously some people will, will know who you are, Harold. But uh, for those who don't, why don't you, why don't you just kind of give us a quick fill-in on, on who you are and what you've been up to for a while? Well, for the past 16 years, I've been running an online shop of 
witchcraft supplies, stuff that I either make or some of it I grow, um, and some of it I buy in, like essential oils. And I've been involved in various kind of witchcraft, I guess, for a while. Got interested in magic when I was a teenager, and mostly... I did a I did a spell when I was a teenager and it worked so well it scared me and I didn't do a spell for years. <laughs> didn't do another one for years. But um you know, mostly did stuff with the tarot and and that sort of thing. And lately I've been doing more art, uh so I'm trying to combine my interest in the occult with my art. Uh, so ways of portraying deities and even just aspects of planetary energies that sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah you're, i really enjoy seeing your art online you know the stuff that oh, I looked at, i'm like oh so such such nice use of color and shape it's uh it falls it falls squarely into my aesthetic which is uh which is awesome neat yeah so and before harold and i go too far in this conversation um we're not looking nor do I think anybody should be out there telling anybody else exactly what they should and shouldn't be doing. And, you know, we're certainly, even though some of this conversation may have arisen in relationships to stuff that we've seen or read or, or what have you out in the world, we're, we're really not looking to like, uh, lambaste anybody or attack anybody. Um, you know, we're, we're both, uh, super easygoing people who are respectful of everybody in their paths um, you know, but at the same time, we want to have a conversation about the changes that we see um, and sort of maybe some of the cycles that we've seen in the magical communities and in the world and, and so on. So, you know, um, it, 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 try and keep in mind that, that we're we're not we're not putting ourselves up as the experts nor the uh, judge and jury when it comes to these kinds of things. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's been. I, I run a store here as well, though not you know in Toronto, but not nearly as long as you have. And you know, I see these sort of changes where, you know, and and having been sort of in and around the occult community since uh, in you know in Toronto and sort of more somewhat internationally into the states, um, you know, since like kind of the, the mid to late '90s when I started kind of coming out into the world magically and, and looking for teachers and and stuff like that and you know one of the things that i sort of uh see going on are these sort of cycles of um wobbling from from left hand path to right hand path or Mm, from mm -hmm. sort of like um very moralistically driven to very sort of pragmatically driven Mm -hmm. you know And, and i and i feel like i'm i'm witnessing in some of the conversations i'm seeing this sort of shift from uh, a sort of a more uh, new age, uh, all love and light kind of approach to things to uh, to an approach where, where people are more comfortable um, with things like, well, if somebody crosses me, boom, I'm just going to do something and sort it out, you know, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. So I'm curious, I'm curious what you've, what you're seeing around that, because, you know, we, we both travel in overlapping, but different communities for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. Definitely. What I've seen is sort of a shift from Wicca, originally, and people working in covens, 
and then people becoming more solitary, more eclectic, the whole traditional witchcraft thing coming up. Uh, and so at that time, I remember thinking, when, it's, when traditional witchcraft started becoming more talked about or done, that it seemed like people were looking for some kind of authenticity that they didn't feel like they got before. Um, even though to me, you know, Wicca is just as authentic as anything else. Can you, but, can uh, you uh, give us, give for people who maybe don't know what, what you mean by traditional witchcraft, can you maybe give us like a, a quick idea of what that might entail as opposed to Wicca? Because I, I know for some people and certainly for myself at one point in my journey, I thought, well, it's all just Wicca, isn't it? Isn't it all just witchcraft or, you know, so what is that Yeah, it's pretty different. Traditional witchcraft seems like it's much more into, uh, it's much more focused on place. Like it seemed to be very British to me, uh, even though, yeah, Wicca originated there as well. But um, and Wicca's got the whole Celtic thing, right? Yeah. But um, traditional witchcraft seems like it's, it it arises out of several different groups. There, uh, you know, the, the Robert Cochran group. And, you know, one that I'm real interested in is called the Sabadi. Uh, so Andrew Chumbly and those guys, and there's others. You know, I'm just, but it seems like it's a it's a I guess I'd see it as very manned, tied, uh, and also very group. Uh, very much focused on a group. Mm. So even though there's plenty of people who do it who aren't in groups, uh, who aren't initiated and all that. Um, but I did feel like the major contribution that traditional witchcraft made to a culture was the idea that you're initiated by the spirits. You know, you, witchcraft is distinguished by direct interaction with the spirits. Mm. And that seemed like, to me, real clarifying about what witchcraft was. Because, you know, regular people who are not, would never consider themselves witches, do witchcraft sometimes. You know, like they do things to keep off the evil eye, or for luck, or that kind of thing. Sure. So... That kind of general definition, which I usually think is pretty good, that witches are people who do witchcraft, maybe that's a little too loose and floppy, uh, because, like I said, regular people can do witchcraft who are who aren't witches. Yeah, uh, I was thinking about totally last that, night. I totally see that in the um, in sort of the more traditional uh, Orisha communities, certainly within the the Cuban communities that I that I know more about. You know, people are people are officially Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Until they have a problem and then they go and see somebody else and get their mm-hmm. problem resolved and then they go back to being Catholic. You know? Yeah, or they, they even do it themselves, like yeah, do exactly. some little thing themselves. Yeah. You know? I was thinking of hoodoo especially, but also like Catholic saint stuff. Yeah. You know? A part of my family, Sicilian, and a couple of my grand granddads did things they would never in a million years consider themselves witches. Yeah. Uh, but they did stuff to protect themselves and their families and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I think that the whole idea that it's not just doing witchcraft, it's more. It's contact with the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And that that contact has a, a magical reason for existing. It's not like just, you know, I don't know being a psychic 
you know, being a medium. Uh, so that was something I feel like that traditional witchcraft did contribute to the conversation. But then we get in like all these, I started seeing like all these hoodoo things coming up. I don't know. I'm not good with time a while ago. (laughs) And, uh, um, and uh, my, my, my first exposure to hoodoo was like when I lived in Chicago and there was a grocery store across the street and they had all kinds of candles and, and sprays there. Big old cans, you know, with sprays for, you know, getting rid of bad stuff in your house. And sure. Bringing love and stuff. And I thought, well, this was so weird. Um, but when I started learning about it, I could see right away the attraction because it was very practical. Yeah. And it was none of this and it harmed none stuff. And I was like, well... Somebody keeps trying to hurt me, so I'm going to fix their wagon, you know? (laughs) Uh, So I thought that was a good kind of, like you said, a counterbalance to um, And It Harm None. Mm -hmm. But then there was this other aspect of it, which to me I think of as a search for authenticity. And I think that traditional witchcraft in the U.S. anyway, I don't know about TK, but uh, was also... A search for authenticity, mm. something that felt more serious uh, or more, you know, the way I think about it sometimes is that maybe people who are practicing some kind of Wicca-esque, and I'm not like saying this is Wicca, but some kind of Wicca-esque magical path felt like they didn't get the kind of results they wanted and they wanted something that felt like it would give them the kind of results that we're looking for. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think another way to put that, at least in my experience, you know, because, uh, especially, especially when I was younger, you know, I spent a lot of time amongst, uh, ceremonialists, you know, particularly Tholomites, but, you know, ceremonialists of kind of all stripes. And then, you know, especially when I started as a reader, I was, uh, I was working out of, uh, uh, you know, a Wicca, Wicca focused shop. And so, you know, I spent a lot of time sort of hanging out with people of those kinds and, and whatever. And, you know, but, but especially in the, amongst the ceremonialists, the ones who ventured out into other things like hoodoo or like whatever, my, my perception of them and and certainly some of their self-avowed identifications with it was that it was a search for power. You know, mm-hmm. like power in the sense of um, being, as you say, being able to do magic that works and mm-hmm. effects like, hey, I got the job. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, I sold my house. Hey, whatever. Um, but also like power in a personal sense. And and there was always a sort of like challenging for me to relate to element where on the one hand, I completely support personal power and, you know, the ability to make things happen. I mean, we... Why study magic if you're not going right. to have effects from it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, aside from personal growth, which is which is also an effect. Um, but but at the same time, there were these these ego identifications and sort of sort of uh, aggrandizing of themselves through some of these things and the power that they that they had, you know, whether they had it or not. Um, that, that I was always like, wow, that's such a strange 
thing to watch because I don't really understand the value in it, you know? Yeah, I know what you mean, and actually kind of makes me think of the whole, uh, I don't know if you are familiar with uh, the whole idea, and you probably are, that um, in ceremonial magic, if you don't follow the directions exactly, yeah. it ain't going to work, right? This idea that became very popular that you would only get the results if you did it exactly the way the grimoire said. Mm-hmm. And so that this kind of real, again, I think, you know, so like if it says you need to have a, a black hen that's never, you know, been roostered, then you really have to get a black hen that's never been roostered or you're never going to really see a spirit materialize in front of you. Yeah. So that whole kind of, excuse me, that kind of aspect of authenticity. And like you said, power, because uh, relationships towards spirits in that kind of paradigm is real different than the more contemporary relationship that some people describe now in ceremonial magic where you're kind of working with the spirits. You're not commanding them. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, you're making a bargain with them, but you're, you know, it's more like a partner or like, um, you know, a shaman working with spirits. Yeah. So, um, but I, I do think that's part of the same kind of thing. And there was the same kind of, let's piss on everybody who's not doing our way kind of thing going on uh, from people doing that sort of thing that I saw and people doing a lot of the people who were involved with doing traditional witchcraft in terms of they, you know, sitting on Wicca yeah. or whatever, you know, anybody who wasn't doing it their way, it seemed like there was this whole orthodoxy vibe that came up. And I, and I felt like that came out of insecurity and fear and that a lot of the stuff that we've seen since then like people getting into death deities in a big way um, and kind of taming them down and making them seem like they're not really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, people getting involved in very dark practices. That sounds so judgmental, but I mean, like, for instance, um, there was this whole thing some years ago where this guy uh, set fire to a live chicken that was tied up and use that as a kind of excuse to, you know, we said he, he, he made a lot of excuses about it, about how it was, he needed to do this for his customer's client rather. And he, the customer paid him $2,000 and this really worked. And this was the real thing. Sure. You know, this is a real thing. This is not any of your panty waste magic. Yeah. To me, that sounded really messed up. And that it came out of a, like I said, a fear and an insecurity about your own practice. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, as, as somebody who, you know, is, is initiated into, you know, the Lukumi tradition with the Orishas, I can tell, tell everybody listening that the idea of an animal suffering during any kind of ceremony is 
absolutely abhorrent to the practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the U S where, where, um, the, the church of Lakumi Babaluaye took it to the Supreme court to win mm-hmm. the right to sacrifice. They didn't win under like specifically under religious freedom. They, they won under the fact that it is the practices that are entailed are actually the most humane way to possibly dispatch mm-hmm. an animal. And so yeah. there's this sort of, again, there's this like intersection between sort of traditional longstanding traditional things and sort of more modern notions about, about it yeah. where other things get brought into it that are, that are ego driven or whatever that are just yeah. like, Oh man, why, why, why does that even make sense? It makes no sense in the traditional of, in the sense of the traditional context, but outside of the traditional context, it's easy enough for people to, you know, meander their way to, to thinking that way, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it comes too from, from people kind of glomming onto something that they're, they don't really take the time to really learn about or, I don't know. I, I don't want to insult people, yeah. but it seems like there's a lot of shallowness and a kind of a almost a cultural imperialism to some of this stuff of people just taking things up. They don't know the language. They don't know the culture. They just say, oh, this is what I'm going to do now. Because, again, it's like an authenticity question, and they're looking for the power that somehow... The practices they had before, if they did have practices, maybe, you know, there are people who just came into magic. Um, the practices they had before didn't, weren't satisfactory, didn't produce satisfactory work, uh, results, or they just didn't, you know, they didn't just work with them. They didn't feel like they, they didn't satisfy them. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. So, to me, there's this whole thing about it's very American to want what everybody else has. Sure. But on the other hand, I think it's a reflection of real, the real conditions in our country that in the U S anyway, and in Canada and Western Europe as well, that, you know, we're seeing this whole, this economic, downturn and the sort of degeneration, why shouldn't people be afraid? They should be afraid, you know, and they should look for some other source of power. Um, It just seems like because we're not really talking about it, we're not really talking about that fear or the legitimacy of that fear, that it gets kind of deformed and turns into the I am a badass, you know? Yeah. and, you know, whenever I run into people in magic who were, said they were badasses, on the one hand, most of the time they were like basically showmen, you know, well, they weren't. Yeah. Go ahead. When I was younger, I, um, I, I mean, when I was, when I was young, 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 I got picked on a lot. And then when I was, uh, sort of, uh, in my late, late, late teens, early twenties, I, I found martial arts and I decided that I wanted to learn how, how tough I might actually be, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't really looking to, to become a, 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 like a badass and go and get in fights per se. Uh But I, but I was like, you know, I feel like, I feel like my history tells me that I'm a person who always caves. 
and yet I don't feel like that. And I feel like I need to sort of sort this out somehow. And so, uh-huh. so I got into martial arts and uh-huh. I got into martial arts and I trained at one gym and then I trained at a, at a gym that was, you know, a, a lot closer to sort of real world, like, you know, full tilt MMA kind of stuff. And, uh-huh. you know, but even at that, I was like, well, yeah, this is great. This is the gym. What, what, what happens if it's real? What happens if I know that the person's not going to like, yeah, that's what stop, I was right? about martial arts. Yeah. And so, uh, so I got a job as a bouncer. Oh, and, wow. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm <laughs> like, cool. cause, cause it, this was, this was sort of back just as MMA was really starting to come in and there weren't really competitions and I didn't want to do point fighting and, you know, so, but, so, I, but I wanted to like get into altercations or tense situations uh-huh. to see whether, whether my, Test yourself. my, my, my emotional metal was there. It was, uh-huh. it wasn't even really about whether I was tough enough because, you know, because we went pretty hard at the gym and I, I felt pretty confident. And uh-huh. so when I was bouncing, I, you know, everybody thinks they're, 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 badasses right when they're drunk and you got to throw them out right you know <laughs> yeah. and and i remember one day um a, a bunch of bikers came in in their colors and whatever right and i was like oh man these guys shouldn't be here they 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 certainly it's you know the doorman shouldn't have let them in in their colors you know like it's just there's a whole bad scene right from the get-go mm-hmm. and then they started smoking joints and stuff which is you know of course not yeah. not acceptable right you know and uh, and so I remember I walked up to them and there was like six or seven of them all sitting around a table joking and laughing and you know I was like I, I have to say something to them but I don't want to like get into anything right and so I go up to the to the one guy and I say you know excuse me sir is my job I have to ask you not to smoke that in here and he kind of looked at me out of the corner of his eyes lifted one of his hands made this little sort of sweeping go away motion with his fingertips. And then went back to what he was doing. And I was like, that man is a badass. And this conversation is over. And I'm going to go tell my boss that he doesn't pay me enough to, uh, to deal with this anymore. You know, and that was it. <laughs> and like, to me, that, that exchange exemplifies like the, the complete and utter level of disregard for anything and the, the sheer confidence. You know, I was like, mm. man, that guy, there, there's, it's over. I'm not even, yeah. I'm not even like, even, even if I think maybe I could, I'm not even gonna, it's all over now, you know? Yeah. And, and when it comes to sort of the spiritual world or, or, you know, or the real world, even, you know, like I, I number one, I mean, I, I, am not that in, inspired by that identity anyway. You know, the, the people that I have known who are truly that way, um, aren't really fun people to be around per se. And, uh-huh. You know, and, and spiritually, the people that I've known, you know, it's always it's always sort of hard to have any kind of relating to them where they where they define themselves in relationship to everybody else in that way. Yeah. You know, because because then they're they're always going to be right. You know, they 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 often, you know, I mean, again, not not to mention anybody in particular, because, you know, I'm thinking about, you know people that I've known over 20 or 30 years and sort of seen them yeah. flow, you know, like, uh, you know, they, they, their, their ego issues just tend to escalate over time, you know, because they, because <laughs> yeah. nobody can address them with them. Right. You know, it's yeah. like, man, everybody knows they're a raging alcoholic, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So anyways, that's my, that's my badass story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess most of the ones that I've met in magic, 
been in a different relationship with them because as a shop owner, people people tend to give shop owners more chops than we really deserve. I mean, they <laughs> they treat us with more respect than we deserve, I think, mm. just on the point of us being shop owners. Just, you know, yes, you could learn a lot of magic, but there are people who run magic shops that don't even do magic. Sure. So at any rate... Um, most of what I've seen in terms of the badasses were people who I saw were read, you know, writing about themselves or their practices and that. It didn't seem like a very, it, well, it wasn't certainly not something that interested me, but also I thought it was just, I don't know, how useful a way of life would that be? It wouldn't be very useful. I mean, if you're in a situation where you need to be a badass, then probably the best thing is to get out of that situation. Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I've, because, because I spent so much time in sort of thalemic circles, there's, you know, there's uh -huh. always sort of a, a bit of a crossover with sort of Satanism and people who are sort of more uh -huh. on that, that other kind of side of it, you know? Uh huh. And, you know, there, there are some people I know who practice that path and it, for them, it's a path of, self-empowerment and self-development mm -hmm. and success in the world and all those kinds and of things. And they seem to have a fabulous sense of humor a lot of times. Yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> right? And then the, and then there's the guy, you know, the couple of couple of people that I knew who like, you know, be like, "Oh, so what are you what have you been up to?" and be like, "I can't tell you, but it is dark." <laughs> and I'm just like, "Okay, well, yeah. well either either you're doing something horrible and I don't want to know, or you're playing a lot of death metal in your basement. Either way, <laughs> you know?" And, yes. <laughs> and it's that thing, right? It's there. There are the ways in which people come across about it and identify at it. Yeah. You know? And for me, I think it's one of those things where, when it when it comes across naturally, you know, it's like, oh, I'm I'm into sort of you know whatever more more this kind of thing. It it you know it comes back to this idea of. I decided a few years ago, not that I think I've got it all figured out in any which way, but I, I decided in, a few years ago, and it's really been kind of a theme that I keep coming back to, is that I'm not interested in um, living oppositionally to anybody or anybody's ideas. Yeah. And so good and bad don't really come into it. My own personal values certainly do. Um, you know, like it's not about good and evil or this or that or other paths mm -hmm. or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's sort of a path of, for me, predominantly almost nobody else even matters in the conversation and nobody else's ideology matters personally because I'm just so busy doing what I want to do and, you know, raising my kids and running the store and, you know, keeping everything moving that I'm just like, eh, whatever, you know, like it is. These things don't matter that much, you know. Yeah, and I, I, I sort of feel like the best um, response to this kind of thing is to go your own path. And I, I think of my the magic that I do as gray, or as I mentioned in the uh, my blog post, uh, as. I like the idea of the crooked path in the way that I understand what that means, which is that it goes now to the left, now to the right. Mm. And uh, it isn't a straight path. It isn't one you're on with a whole bunch of other people, although there's somebody else might have been there before. Yeah. 
Um, but it's one that you're walking and the whole idea of the crookedness to me, not only going left hand, sometimes right hand, sometimes, but that it forces you to kind of stop and look mm. when you have that kind of zigzag motion in your life. Mm-hmm. You get to these points regularly where you stop and evaluate things and appreciate them too. Oh. Um, so I, I think that's more, I wish people would feel more um, confidence in what they do so that they don't need to borrow power from, I don't know, a group or whatever, that they could, they could um, feel free to experiment, mm-hmm. to make actual direct contact with spirit world in whatever way. Yeah. Um, I do think that a lot of times people don't have a lot of patience. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, <laughs> I didn't. I, I I looked around at all kinds of different groups in all the years that I was interested in magic, and um, I never joined any. You know, I, I thought about it. I would look at a different group and read all their stuff and think about it. And then I go, nah. I mean, I never was much of a group person. Yeah. But um, I always felt like I had a lot of issues with any kind of particular, I don't know, dogma. Yeah. So... Um, I finally got to the point where I did have direct contact, just totally uninvited from spirits. And and it really gave me the confidence to say, okay, maybe I should just do what I want to mm. and not try to follow anybody else's path. Just, you know, ask the spirits to guide me, which I feel like they did in my dreams. It wasn't like, you know, oh, do this. <laughs> but, uh, a lot of times I wouldn't remember what we had talked about. In the dream, we don't, I don't remember that they had told me things. Mm. Um, and that, but that was enough to kind of, kind of let me, kind of let me give myself permission to do what I just thought I should do. Yeah. So, yeah. For I, me, for me, there's always this sort of, um, I mean, people come in the shop and, you know, I, I, uh, I welcome everybody the same and whatever they're doing, mm-hmm. whatever they're up to. I'm like, it's your, it's your business, you know, like you're, yeah, you there's know. so much you can learn from them. Yeah. You know, and I'm, and I'm so, you know, I mean, I, to me, you know, like whatever people do is whatever people do, yeah. you know, but on the other side of it, as, uh, you know, as, as, uh, uh an initiate and, and priest in the Lakumi tradition, you know, I practice personally a tradition which has complete orthodoxy and there are concrete definitive answers and, mm-hmm. you know, there are concrete and definitive tools or relatively speaking definitive tools to to check your answers or to receive like, you know, to go to a legua or whoever and say, you know, should I do this with my life? And then they will say yes or no, you know, uh-huh. and then that's it. The conversation's over. And you know, or to call up my godmother and be like, hey, you know, I, I, I need to do this thing. How is it done? And the answer is it's done a very particular way. And, you know, at the same time, I recognize that people all over the world have whatever relationship to the Orishas or to whatever spirits that they have that has nothing to do with these, you know, or nothing to do with the orthodoxy of these traditions per se. Yeah. And, you know, it's such a, 
it's such a it puts me in such a radically different position than many people because for me i don't have those kinds of questions or I haven't sort of sorted through those kinds of questions in that way because because I practice a tradition that allows me to to not have to have questions at least uh-huh. at that level you know uh-huh. and um yeah it's it's very interesting you know and it it's also very interesting to sort of run into people who um who come from the side of doing you know their own journey with that towards the orthodoxy and how difficult, sometimes difficult, a bridge that can be for people, you know, because they, they, the advice they get is often not the advice that they want, right? You know, and as is often the case with spirit. But when you're when you're solely self-derived or self-motivated between you and the spirits, it's, it can be a lot easier to kind of sidestep the things that you don't uh, that you don't want to have to hear, you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I was just thinking about my own experiences have been like you can't you can't ignore this or I don't know, it's it's just been different. Yeah. I I totally I was gonna ask you, how many people do you think that you that you come across? How many of them do you think percentage wise are involved in something in a tradition, uh, you know, so like they're not just something that they're read about or whatever. They're actually involved with it, a living tradition. First is how many people who are just, you know, on their own. Because um, I don't feel like I run across a lot of people who are involved in a tradition. Hmm. Well, I mean, it's... I know I know a lot of people who are initiated Wiccans of one set or another, you know. Uh-huh. So I know I know quite a lot of people that way. Um, you know, I mean, I know lots of people who are initiated into uh, the Orisha traditions in a variety of different ways. Uh-huh. So you know, I mean, yeah, people in terms of people off the street walking through the store, um, yeah, probably not that many. Um, in terms of people that I know. I, I, because of, because of the circles that I've traveled through, I know lots of people because I spent yeah. a lot of time around, you know, mm-hmm. sort I of lo- local epicenters of, of people being initiated into things. And, you know, yeah. I, I know some people who are, you know, lineage holders of sort of traditional family things from England and, and other places and stuff like that. So, you know, I, but again, I, I think I'm kind of, kind of a bit the exception, um, well, you just how... connected up in a different way. Yeah, exactly. That's just not the way I connected up because I didn't like I wasn't in a group. Well, that's it, right? You know, I mean, I spent yeah. like, I spent like ten years in the OTO. I spent, you know, I mean, like I've been, uh-huh. I've been, I've been in and around a lot of groups, you know, myself personally, and uh-huh. you know, and those those connections continue to you know to varying extents. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've certainly met plenty of people in the OTO. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Most of the people I know do witchcraft are not in any group. Yeah. But some of them are. Uh, well, so and I... it, it's one of the things that I'm noticing is the thing that, that it's part of the, the, the thing that motivated me to want to have this conversation with you is that I'm seeing a lot more people who are coming in identifying as witches, but, but are not 
involved in any group or whatever and are ah. you know sort of more more into that like uh solitary solitary right. magic driven you know i mean somewhat devotion driven but not not wicca not you know this that or whatever but more like you know well, what do you think that's originating from well i think that people i think that people are searching for authenticity you know i think that um I mean, I think that everybody is searching for authenticity in their own way, but mm-hmm. I think that in the in the world, people are looking for for power and authenticity, and for um, many of the people that I sort of meet, things that are you know like Wicca or this or that or whatever are not um, they're not interesting to them, or they're not um, they're too they're too sort of abstracted or you know whatever right like like a ceremonial practice of you know people come in and be like what should i do if i want to if i want to be a good magician i'm like well do uh do liberesh uh you know do do your practice to the sun four times a day for a year and then come back and talk to me you know uh-huh. like that, that that answer doesn't fly for most people right they no. want something else people have the patience yeah and i think that you you touched on it um i think that the underlying uncertainty in our economies, like I don't know, I don't know what you experience, but my experience is our economy sucks. Yeah, you know, and I think and that nobody's it, talking about it. No, and everybody's like, "Oh, it's good, it's whatever." I'm yeah, like, they talk about how all the all these unemployment is down. Yeah, that's because people gave up looking for a job. Yeah, or because people are working part time and not making enough yeah. money, and you know, so like in a lot of ways, times are harder. And I think Much. that when when life is harder. People, um, I, I can't think of a word other than revert, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but people go in search of avenues that might give them power, right? Yeah. In the absence of being able to directly affect a situation like, hey, I can polish up my resume and I'll get a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you or know, even voting. Yeah, or whatever, right? Um, people, people are drawn to these other kinds of practices that have always been a part of the the lives, communities, and cultures where where life is more difficult. Yes, you know, and like when I started as a reader, I read for the the store that I read out of had a really high Caribbean clientele, and so I was reading for like eighty percent Caribbean people, you know, Jamaica, Trinidad, other places, wow. and you know, the, those cultures have. A completely different level of relationship to to magic and spirit and other things, and and I think that that is, I think that has historical reasons, but I think it also has to do with with the level of hardship in a lot of those places, you know, and yeah, the, the, the exactly. financial circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's a very practical response. Yeah, and you know, and I, and I also sort of see a lot of people who are. Younger, kind of looking, looking to uh, embody their own power through magical practices and stuff, which is you that's know, that's a good point too. I didn't think know. about the generational thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's not you know, on the one hand, you know, like the 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 spirits and the practices are totally different than what I than what I was into when I was you know reading Crowley when I was like fourteen. But like, uh-huh. but but on the other hand, uh, I still like Crowley. <laughs> Yeah. On the other hand, it's 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 a search for the same thing, right? Um, yeah. Power, 
identity, um, you know, ability to, to deal with complex social things that are, you know, that were, and I mean, even now I'm a, you know, 42 year old man. And I, some of those are still well beyond my comprehension or control. Right. You know, mm-hmm. people, people are strange everywhere, you know? So, yeah, sure are. yeah. but, um, yeah. So, I mean, those, those are some of the changes that I sort of see going on amongst, amongst people. And, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I'm going to ask you a question and, and get your opinion, you know, but like the store that I started reading at sold, sells all sorts of anything for anything. Right. You know, like, you know, you want to like, I don't know what's that. What's a good one. The, there's a, an oil that, that people that's part of the Jamaican spiritual practices, which is mash them up oil, right? Which is like most often used to what like, a great name. Most, most often used <laughs> to get up, get even with an ex. Yeah. Ex-boyfriend, right? Uh-huh. You know? I, personally, I've made the choice not to carry that kind of stuff here. You know? Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't because, want any part of that. Well, was it because it was a revenge oil or was it because it was this particular, you know, group of practices, a different culture? It's, it's because I think that the idea of um, spiritually seeking revenge on an ex- is, yeah, it's stupid. Is, isn't isn't helpful, you know? No, I, I don't yeah. like, and, and especially because I was there for five years, right? You know, and mm-hmm. and again, I mean, I I I respect these people's practice to do whatever they like, right? Yeah, like you know, I, I I mean, again, I respect everybody's freedom to do whatever they like and decide their own moralities and practices, and you know, like please do, don't take it personally. Um, but like, I would see these people replay the same patterns over and over again. Yeah. Like if you, if you went and mashed somebody up and then you got on with your life and you lived a perfect and happy life afterwards, I, mm-hmm. I might be more likely to see the value in that. But I didn't see that because I didn't see many of those people um, doing the other work that, that comes from, that needs to come from, well, why did you choose an abusive relationship? Yeah. Just, you moving know? in a different direction. Yeah, and and that sounds blaming of people who end up in abusive relationships, which I also don't mean. But like, how do you make a different choice the next time? Why do you keep ending up in these relationships? You know, like yeah. all, all of these kinds of questions that that magic. I mean, certainly magic of certain kinds can answer, but magic of the sort of um, you know kinds we've been talking about are less fruitful towards you know shifting things. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm curious for you, you know, because you saw all sorts of different things in that. Do you do you relate to? Do you consider what people are doing with things? Does it matter? Do you just like ah, it's just a plant? I do. I, I sell a plant. People do what they want. Well, to some extent, because I feel like I used to be a teacher, and I feel still like one of the things that I do is to give people a tool and tell them how it works, and then it's up to them to make the decision of whether they, how they want to use that tool. Yeah. So like I sell Belladonna, you know, or I, I used to sell, now I used to sell some things that I don't sell anymore, poison hemlock. Uh-huh. I used to sell poison hemlock seeds. And I did it because I always kind of liked selling things that other people didn't have, and people asked me for it. Yeah. But then I found out that people were using it uh, 
not for magic, but they're using it to try to kill people or themselves. Right. And so I quit selling it. Yeah. Uh, because, and one woman called me up and she was really angry that I had quit selling it and uh, said she had wanted it for something. I can't remember. She was, uh, she wanted it to kill somebody else who she said was suffering from a terminal illness or it was about herself. But she said, you know, you, who, who do you think you are judging why I want to use this? And I said, I'm not judging why you want to use it. I don't want to sell it for that. Yeah. I don't want my business, my livelihood to be mixed up with that. Now, that does raise the question that if you're, if I'm against <clears throat> people using uh, uh, a plan to kill themselves or other people, literally, yeah. then can, how does that affect what I would sell Mag for magical killing or cursing? Yeah, and I just think about God, and I certainly hope that nobody would buy anything that I sell to kill somebody else. Hmm. Um, I don't know. To me, that just seems like there isn't anything that's worth killing people for. But um, and I try when I do create things or sell things that are for cursing, which I think is a legitimate pursuit for mm -hmm. a witch, um, that, that I don't talk about killing and, and my own, my own perspective on it from, in terms of like, if somebody else wanted to do that to me, so that she's on the other foot, yeah. I would hope that I would have enough magical protections up. So that it wouldn't make any difference. Hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I feel like I can supply people with the stuff. And I do, I mean, people have told me, people who are like irritated with me because they felt like I was selling too many dark things or making too many dark things. Uh -huh. um, that... Number one, that's what people wanted, and it interested me. I feel connected to a like a Saturn, very strong Saturn energy connection for me that I have cultivated, and I have come to perceive that energy, which is often associated with the malefic or with death, as being very... Um, teaching me like limits and discipline and a lot of good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, protection, a Saturnian kind of protection. But at any rate, I feel like that, well, I can't be any, everything to everybody. You know, I gotta, if somebody asked me to do something and I like, that interests me, like somebody asked me to make an oil for alcohol, you know, mm -hmm. this is very negative fixed star energy or maybe it was a regular, I can't remember. But I did, I looked into it and I said, yeah, this, this is interesting. I do this, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so, I don't know, maybe that means I'm some kind of just skeevy person. You're, you're an immoral <laughs> jerk and I'm out of here. That's it. Yeah, really. This will never come to air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I do feel like um, I make things myself. I try not to make things that other people 
make or are part of other people's systems. And when people ask me, like, for instance, I'm somebody asked me to make something for Israel and Pumbagira, and I and I I felt okay about doing it because I'd had dreams about a mm-hmm. about a spirit who who was black and taught me things at a crossroads, an intersection, mm. you know, in a city. I don't know if that was Aju. I don't I I have no idea who it was. It's just a spirit that's appeared. Yeah. But it made me feel like a spirit that reached out to me, but it made me feel like, oh, maybe I kind of get this Asia thing a little bit, and I can mm. make this oil, you know, and people can use it for what they want to use it for. But usually, I try to create things that are not even related to particular gods. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you a question then. I'm curious what you see the value of cursing as. It's better than getting a gun and shooting somebody. <laughs> better than punching somebody's lights out. Yes. You know, and it makes a person have to think about what they're doing because it's not an impulse thing generally. Mm. Uh, you have to own it. Right. You have to know you're going to do somebody else evil. You're going to fix their ass. Mm. And I don't know. I think that's better for a person than stewing about it or feeling like they're completely powerless against whatever happened. Hmm. Uh, so I feel like it's a more thoughtful way actually of being a human being to recognize that there's different ways to react to somebody who did you something, did you wrong, or somebody you want to stop from doing other things. Yeah. You don't have to react with material world violence. Hmm. So, and in terms of a personal self, I do think that if you curse a lot, it has a bad effect on you because it's just like anything. If you think of the world as being a nasty place, it's going to affect you and how you just you feel, how you react to others. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that it like pollutes your soul. Mm. Okay, I don't believe that, and I don't believe in karma at all. Okay, or hell. Yeah. No, but I think that if you do one thing all the time, it's going to distort you. Mm. So, I guess that's pretty much it. I hardly ever curse anybody. Because most of the time, somebody who offends me, does something bad to me, I look at their lives and their lives suck. Yeah. And you can't even hardly make them worse. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you have to be really creative. Yeah. Well, let's see. They, they've, uh, what do they got left? They got, they got, uh, they got socks. I'm going to banish all their socks. <laughs> May all their socks have holes in them from here on to the end of time. <laughs> Spiders in their socks. Yeah, something, right? That's funny. Yeah, when I used to make talismans, I, the first uh, talisman I was ever requested was a cursing talisman. Yeah. And this guy wanted to, he actually wanted to kill this person yeah. who had almost run over his mother. Uh-huh. Okay? 
And I talked him out of that and made it so that the person would get nightmares. Hmm. And I think that was the only cursing talisman I ever made. All the rest were like about protection and wealth. Those are the two big, big ones. Sure. And a um, couple about love. Yeah. But uh, I didn't like doing that. It felt like it was a trivial, it was trivial use of magic. You know what? I, I really resonate with that actually, which is, which is kind of interesting because I've never thought about it that way. But, but not, not only do I generally, you know, generally have the attitude of like, well, why don't we just focus on making, why, why don't I just focus on making my life better or their life better or, you know. Like, find, you know, so this person took your job or, you know, or this, this person took your, your boyfriend or girlfriend. Just go get you somebody better. If, they, if, mm-hmm. if it didn't work out, there are other options. Let's keep, let's keep moving as opposed to staying engaged. But, mm-hmm. but, but it is also that, you know, to me, that, that, that where you say it's almost trivial. Um, I, I've never, I'm going to have to sit with that, but I've never considered that before. But that does feel like a part of my, you know, Hey, you got slighted, you know, eh, whatever. Let's get on with life, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, and I've had the the displeasure of, of having people actively curse me and other things over times and had, you know, consequences from that and so on. And at the same time, I'm just like, eh, whatever. What am I going to do? I'm going to like go curse them back. Meh, whatever. You know, like I just. Yeah, just build stronger protection. Fuck them. Well, yeah. You know? just, I, I open. <laughs> I open I open the the door where I keep the resources. I'm like, hey guys, this person's causing problems for me. Can you put an end to that uh-huh. for me so I don't have to deal with it, so I can get on with my life? Thanks. Yeah. Conversation's over. You know. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so. I do that with Detura. Yeah. Nobody right. wants to mess with that plant. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and actually. Yeah, uh, so many things. I'm like, I just keep talking to you all day here, Harold. <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, you know, uh, I think maybe we're gonna have to have a longer conversation about talking to plants at some time too, because oh, that would be great. You know, I, I, um, I love working with plants. I, 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 I have what I'm calling my Arisha grow up in my basement at the store here. Where oh, I'm, cool. Where I'm working on on growing things um, year round as well as getting into growing things that just don't grow here at all. Going. Yeah, I was going to just ask you, what kind of stuff are you growing? Um, right now I have uh, Alamo uh, bow tree. Um, I have uh, Leaf of Life. Um, I have um, uh, Water Lettuce. Um, I have uh, Water Lilies going. Um, oh wow! Yeah, I have uh, I have some. I'm going to start growing a, a seba uh, tree. So these are like tropicals. Yeah, all tropicals. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Peonia. Um, I've been working on. I, I think I finally got going. Um, and simple things like like purslane. Like I finally, it's oh. taken me taken me like five months of messing around with the setup to finally get the purslane to grow. Inside in the winter in the basement under grow lights. Wow, yeah, that I think that is a accomplishment because it's a weed and weeds don't usually like to be cultivated. You know, they don't. They don't. Well, and the the answer, I mean, you know, like it, not it's not a big secret. Well, I mean, maybe it is a big secret. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't tell people. But the 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 funny thing with that is, and and this is where having a relationship to the plants themselves um, can be really helpful. Is 
you know, this that that grows in the cracks of the sidewalks everywhere, right? Like mm-hmm. in North America, and it mm-hmm. doesn't like to be wet. It doesn't like a lot of soil. It doesn't like you know whatever. Um, but indoors, it likes to be wet all the time. Oh it, wow! It likes to be um, continuously given nutrients. Like huh. every single time I water it, I'm fertilizing it, and I, and I'm I'm keeping it wet, and I'm leaving it with like water in the bottom of the the pot that it sits in because it, if it dries out it dies that's wow it. which is which is bizarre because outside yeah, it's very different it, it becomes very strong in the summer and the sunlight and you know in, in like august when it's dry and hot for long periods of time it throws thrives and expands and whatever but um but yeah I, i've i've finally managed to get some that i dug up as well as some from seeds to 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 really start growing so yeah that's neat. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to experiment with growing them inside. Mm-hmm. I just started a bunch of henbane to grow over the winter under lights in the yep. basement. They seem to really like doing that. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'd be totally into talking about plants some other time, too. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you know, the other thing that, like, it's interesting, like, the, the doing for magic, doing magic, making charms, making talismans and stuff, you know? I think that that's a, it's a very interesting thing. It's something that I'm actually um, becoming more public about doing. Historically, uh-huh. I've sort of always done it, but never really talked about it very much, except for people who came and specifically asked. But, uh-huh. uh, but you know, I'm sort of part of my part of my stuff for this year is to is to find ways that that I can sort of be more be more open about that, but be but also keep it authentic and avoid sort of stuff that I don't want to have to deal with, you know, like people coming to me and saying, Hey, can you make me something that'll put this person on the ground? And me have be like, no, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I can, I can say no, but I'd, I'd rather not even have that conversation in the first place. Right. And I think actually though, that mostly, cause I've thought about that quite a lot. And I thought, why didn't I get, that was the only request for a cursed uh, talisman I ever got. Yeah. And I thought, why didn't I get more given that, I don't have all, you know, white light type products. And there was something that Kat Ironwood said in her book about how I think her book is good for advice uh, for people actually working with customers. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole thing about the authenticity of the magic and stuff, I don't know anything about that. But... uh, she said that she thought, in her experience, people did, they kind of specialized in certain kinds of magic and those kinds of, well, she didn't call it magic, certain practices, and those people came to those. So, like, mm. some root doctors would specialize in love magic, and that's the customers that they would get. Uh, so maybe, so I started to think that maybe I just specialize in protection. Yep. And wow, you know, um, because those are over and over again. Of course, maybe it was just a social thing, the fact, like we said, the thing about the economy. But, um, yeah. you know, it does feel like I didn't get all these people asking for cursed stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could count. I did get a couple of people who called me and asked about those things. And I, when people would just call and ask for um Basically, the one at Spellwork for Hire, which I didn't really want to do. Yeah. Um, they, I would tell them how to do something, and then I said, you can do this. Yeah. 
mostly the worst I would ever tell him how to do is a binding spell. Yeah. So, because I just, you know. Well, it it reminds me of, um, I mean, I think two things about that. One is, uh, I think that uh, as we're talking about it, I realize that the spirits that we work with, that you work with, that I work with, whatever, they will they will open or close those pathways to bring to people. Oh yeah, that's people, that's right? a good yeah. And, that's and a good way of looking at it. Secondarily, I remember I had this like this this really really super devout old Portuguese guy come for come for readings, and I'd known him for years, and his wife divorced him, and he came in and you know and like he was super devout and he went to church and all these things and he's like Andrew. I want you to, to put her in the ground. I want you to do the whatever, right? You know, and like just, you know, like just Damn. mad, right? And yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm like, you know what, my friend? I don't do that and I'm not going to do that. But I'm going to tell you how, you how you do it. You go down to the crossroads at midnight and you offer your soul to Satan and he will take care of it for you. And, of course, then immediately the guy's like, oh, no, 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 no. What? Oh. You know, because – because, like you said, with the thinking about it, right? He never really thought about it, right? Like it was just mm-hmm. this pure reaction. And then, yeah. you know, when I said that to him, he actually considered it more and was like, "No, no, no, I, my soul. I, I mean, I need my soul, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think you probably do." You know? So. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, that's that's I I I think you'll really like doing more talismans. I mean, I really liked it. Uh, I just quit doing it because I wanted to spend more time doing art. Yeah. You know, it was the only reason. Um, and I got a little bored with the same requests all the time. <laughs> well, yeah. There's that too, right? Yeah. Awesome. Well, I need to wrap this conversation up for today, but I totally okay. want to uh, – I thought we'd have more time to get into uh, art and plants. And uh, uh-huh. we'll just have to schedule another time sometime later in the year to pick up that this conversation again. Um, for people who want to uh, come and find you online, where, where, where are you hanging out these days, Harold? Well, I have my shop, www.alchemy-works.com. I'm on Facebook as myself, Harold Roth, and also as Harold Roth Artist, and also as Alchemy Works. So those are ways that people can get a hold of me. <clears throat> I even have an art website now, www.haroldroth.com and I have a blog uh, on herbalwitchcraft.com but I'm switching it over to another uh, what do you call it, web host I hopefully today All right. but uh, that's where I wrote about this stuff that we started with perfect, well I will link to those in the uh, in the show notes as well okay great awesome, well thank you for, for making this time it's been wonderful Oh, yeah, it really has. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, have a good one. You too. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if I can ask you a favor, if you've enjoyed what's going on here, tell people about it. Help spread the word. Uh, One of the best things that could happen would be to go to iTunes if you're going from there and give the podcast a rating. Um, But, you know, sharing it on Facebook or mentioning it on Twitter or any of those kinds of places um, is, is really helpful because... For me, I want to share this as far and wide as possible, and uh, you know, there's only so much I can do of that myself. So if you're enjoying it, if you've uh, gotten some, some helpful stuff out of this, you know, uh, please do consider sharing that and saying what you got out of it and why people might want to check it out. 
Either way, uh, all the best for 2016, and I will be back shortly with another episode.